This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 4th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. With a week to go before a federal trial accusing the founders and operators of Backpage.com of facilitating prostitution, one of the founders of the website at issue, James Larkin, has apparently taken his own life. Backpage.com has been in the crosshairs of federal prosecutors for several years. Elizabeth Nolan Brown at Reason has been following the long fight between Backpage.com and the feds. We spoke today. We will get to the tragic news about James Larkin, but Mr. Larkin and Michael Lacey were awaiting trial. And as far as you know, the case is moving forward because there are multiple defendants here. But what were the what are these men charged with? Uh, they are charged with conspiring to facilitate prostitution in violation of the Federal Travel Act. The Travel Act basically says you can't use interstate commerce to do anything that violates a number of federal or state laws. And since prostitution is illegal in most places, albeit uh, just you know a misdemeanor. Um, you know, conspiring to use interstate commerce, in this case, the internet, in order to facilitate prostitution would be a violation of the Federal Travel Act. Backpage.com was the conduit through which these men were taking these actions alleged by the federal government. What was Backpage.com? Backpage.com was an online classified ads platform, much like um, Craigslist, which you know I think maybe is the better known version of this. Um, it was it provided a platform where people could post ads in a variety of categories for for services or goods. Um, you know, there was things apartments for rent, there was jobs being offered. There was also an adult section where uh, people could post ads for legal forms of of adult entertainment and sex work. Um, so escort services, strip clubs, adult models, adult modeling gigs, things like that. And it's that part that ended up getting backpage a lot of uh, attention and trouble. There, there are a lot of events that sort of were happening right around the same time when these men were charged. SESTA and FOSTA were meant to sort of crack down on trafficking of people for illicit purposes. And were they charged before or after this became law? They were charged before that this actually became law. Um, you know, people said that FOSTA was needed to be passed so that we could take down Backpage, but that actually was not true. Um, but yeah, like you said, like this didn't happen in a vacuum. You know, um, the, the the guys who started Backpage, they started it as an extension of the back pages of their print newspapers, which had been filled with classified ads that included um, ads for escort services and other adult services. Um, newspapers in general, including very, very many mainstream newspapers, you know, they used to have classified ads that included adult services ads. So this all migrated online and that sort of coincided with a panic about, um, you know, tech websites and user generated content, a panic about uh, sex trafficking, which which manifested as people sort of deciding that all prostitution was sex trafficking. And these things sort of all came together in, in this war on classified ads where a lot of activists and politicians and even Hollywood celebrities like Ashton Kutcher um, got really invested in the idea that online classified ads for any sort of sex work were actually just, you know, a, a front for sex trafficking and needed to be stopped. So 
these men, you mentioned an extension of back pages of newspapers. These men, Larkin and Lacey, owned many what are known as old weeklies, the sort of the weekly paper in many metros, large and small. And they were used to taking on the government in various fights. So Mr. Larkin, and Mr. Lacey, who is still with us, do not seem like the kind of people who would back down from a fight with the government. And and that's exactly right. And that was exactly the trouble. I mean, first of all, they had been they started the Phoenix New Times as as a student anti-war paper back in the early 70s. Um they they went on to, you know, have papers in, in 17 or 18 different cities, um, these alt-weekly newspapers. And these papers were very much, you know, not afraid of uh calling out people in power, um, calling out sheriffs and attorneys generals and politicians for um, corruption, for hypocrisy, for, for, you know, police brutality, all sorts of things. They were, they reported to the arts and entertainment, but they were also serious sort of journalistic endeavors. So of course they made a lot of uh, powerful enemies over the decades that they were, that they were publishing. Um, and they also got in a lot of legal battles. They, they went to court to fight for the first amendment rights of, um, you know, their journalists and their readers many, many times over the decades. And that definitely, you know, uh, contributed to this. They had a lot of enemies and also they weren't going to back down when the, um, you know, when people came to Craigslist and said, hey, we, you know, we're putting a lot of pressure on you to end your, I think it was called the erotic services section at Craigslist. Um, Craigslist pretty quickly complied. Um, they, you know, it, that, that didn't actually get rid of adult ads on Craigslist. They just sort of migrated into the personal stating section. But Craigslist did take down the official section for it. It was just like much more willing to 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 go that route. Um whereas as Larkin and Lacey were, you know, they they did a lot to try and stop underage posting on Backpage. They did a lot to try and work with law enforcement to stop, you know, ads for for any sort of exploitation or or um, you know, violence and things like that. But they, you know, they drew the line at saying that that all sex work ads were were banned and they they refused to sort of play along with the government on, on that front. And that really angered a lot of people. You make note in uh, your writing after Mr. Now that Mr. Larkin has passed that the firm Backpage went pretty significant, pretty significant distance toward trying to assist law enforcement with investigations that were related to something that may have been posted on their site. Yeah, I mean, they were very, you know, this is by by the account of all sorts of of cops across the country. They they have, have testified to this. Um there's even these these memos that that were accidentally released by um, federal prosecutors that were written by federal prosecutors that say how helpful Backpage was and how above and beyond it went um, over over other sort of platforms at trying to assist law enforcement in stopping um, cases of, of sex trafficking or sexual exploitation, um, of you know, responding very quickly to subpoenas, of providing all um, of the information that they were allowed to by law, of testifying in court for cases when necessary, and just just doing everything they sort of could to tr- um, you know reporting reporting any suspected underage ads um, to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and and the appropriate federal agencies. I mean, just really sort of doing everything they could to try and and make sure that people that you know teenagers weren't posting on their site or people weren't posting ads for underage individuals on their site. 
and that they were not serving as a forum for for violence and exploitation. So, Mr. Larkin, uh, as of this recording, it was this week that he uh, took his own life just over a week before his federal trial was to have begun. Um, what do we know about that? Yeah, um, very, very heartbreaking news. Um, uh, he was, yeah, he, he, we know that he um, took his own life, like you said, just just a little bit of uh, a day over a week before the, the trial was slated to start. Um, you know, obviously, suicide is not, you know, you can't you can't know what someone was thinking, and you can't um, you know attribute it to 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 any one thing. But I I think it's you know pretty clear here that this was this was because of the because of the prosecution and because of the toll that this had taken on him over the years. Um, you know, they had the federal government had seized all of their assets, and for five years they were unable to get a hearing on it because there was this weird thing where the you know one court jurisdiction kept saying no, the hearing to see if we were allowed to seize all these assets, many of which had been made from their journalism efforts, from things that existed long before Backpage. Um, you know, they were saying, you know, this isn't proper. You can't, you can't take all of this. And uh, we don't have money to defend ourselves. We don't have money to pay our lawyers. We don't have money to live on. And they were, they were unable for the past five years to to get a hearing on that. Um, you know, a lot, some, several of the defendants had to take public defenders. Um, I don't know exactly why, but Larkin um, late last year got rid of his long-term lawyer who had, who had been working with him on the case and, and got a new lawyer. Um, he'd been hoping to, they, you know, they asked for a six-month extension in order to let the lawyer catch up, and the judge gave them six weeks. The lawyer went back to the judge just in July and said, like, look, I have not had time to, like, get, you know, up to snuff on this case, and we're about to start trial. Can we have an extension again? And the judge said no. So, um, you know, Larkin's lawyer had, had asked in the hearing, basically, that he was not prepared to take this trial, this, this trial and... Um, they were they were not able to to get an extension there. So, um, you know, there was just a lot of sort of what you might call dirty tricks and sort of um, just just relentless, you know, uh, tactics used by the by the prosecutors in this case to try and wear the defendants down and and keep them really from being able to to mount a proper defense in court. And that's that's one of the things that Larkin, you know, said. All along, he said when I first interviewed him back in, in 2018, not long after um, they had been arrested, and he said when I talked to him in, in March of this year, which uh, on the five year, uh, right around the five year anniversary of, of their arrest, um, that, you know, the, the, we're innocent, we platformed legal speech, and I think that we will be able to prevail in front of a jury if the government lets us. And that was the big if. And when I talked to him back in 2018, he sounded a lot more sure of that i think that you know that that they were going to be able to and after five years of having to you know they, they already had one trial declared a mistrial there's just been so much that i think he felt a lot less sure that you know having the truth on their side and having the law on their side was actually going to mean that you know they would they would be able to prevail in this case the government uh in its case against them asked the judge to uh prevent the defense here from making reference to the First Amendment, which, of course, uh, is the crux of the case. Yeah, this was just completely nuts. Um, the government filed a motion asking that, that the, the defense not be allowed to 
uh, mention the First Amendment or free speech in front of a jury. Uh, they also asked for, they, there was a series of, I think, nine different motions, and they all sort of um, sought to preclude different lines of defense. You know, they said that they should not be able to mention um, the previous trial that was declared a mistrial. They should not be able to mention um, other litigation against Backpage, in which Backpage had um, prevailed. They should not be able to mention Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. They should not be able to mention, um, to talk about the legality or illegality of any of the ads um, posted to Backpage. So basically, you know, this this is a case that centers on were these ads for illegal prostitution or were these ads for protected, you know, for, for legal forms of sex work and therefore speech that was protected by the First Amendment? Um, you know, did Backpage have a, a First Amendment right to to publish this speech and, and the people who were publishing didn't have a First Amendment right? And so, to you know, to say you shouldn't be able to talk about the legality of the ads, you shouldn't be able to talk about the First Amendment is just it's basically saying you should not be able to defend yourselves. Um, the judge did rule uh, in late July on these motions and granted most of them. So I'm um, including the one saying they can't talk about the uh, Section 230 and, and the one saying they can't talk about the legality or illegality of the ads. She did not granted full the one about the First Amendment. Um, she did say that, you know, that they should be allowed to mention the First Amendment and free speech. So that was at least one good thing. But um, but the other restrictions that she put on what what sort of defenses they could use were were pretty extensive. And as far as you know, the trial is moving forward. Yeah, there was an um, an order uh, earlier this week where the judge, it was a very short order saying, you know, like, I've heard of Mr. Larkin's death and um, the other defendants are still expected to go forward with the trial starting on uh, August 8th. Elizabeth Nolan Brown is a senior editor at Reason. We spoke today. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening. <laughs>